All right, Rob. So again, here we are. I followed your lead. You had to go after the star chick and drink the uh, ominous bottle of blood. And now we are both vampires. Yeah, I got, it was kind of spicy. I got to tell you, it reminded me of like a, almost as if it was cinnamon and paprika in there, you know, just maybe to take that iron taste away. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I agree with you. But uh, yeah, so now I can't wear flip flops anymore. Oh, you could still wear flip flops. I would scrape the concrete up, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, do what you got to do. That's okay, because I still get to rock this awesome Vampirella outfit. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold 100 percent on the banana hammock, though. So, I mean, you do what you got to do, but it's just like. That's not something I would wear. I like my I like my circus gear, you know, le- this leather jacket with all the buttons on it and everything. It's pretty cool. You do look really cool. And I got to admit, though, I didn't think this through because hanging upside down makes it really hard to kind of keep my junk in place. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wonder if you have to go to the bathroom, do you go right side up or do you just remain upside down and chance of peeing in your own mouth? I don't know. Why I've had do dates I... like that, but do we <laughs> do we even pee as the undead? You know, according to Anne Rice, vampires do not defecate or pee, but I don't know if we're in the Anne Rice universe of vampires. It'll be our luck that no one else pees, but we have to. Yeah, and you know me, I always have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that'll, that'll be our luck. That'll be our luck. Now, you don't think that people will mistake me for Borat as opposed to Vampirella-inspired, do you? Only if you do the accent. I don't want to... Okay, so I'm not going to do that. I won't even, like, try to attempt to be, like, a Transylvanian vampire because I don't want them confusing me. Because I don't think, like, Borat as a vampire would be very scary. No, I would probably laugh at Borat. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So, like, this is pretty cool, though. We just get to hang around and chill. Yeah, this cave is kind of... Dank and musty, though. It's a, it's a little moist in here. Yeah, but you know, it beats like, you know, covering yourself up with dirt. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, we did we did a serious upgrade from the last time. Yeah, we've learned our lesson, I would say. Do you hear rocks so, being kicked? What, what's going on there? Yeah, I was just going to say, that kid down there, does he have like a steak or something in his hand? He's wearing a black beret. It looks like a post from a porch sharpened. Um, yeah, I would say I'm that's a I'm not liking where this is going. Uh, yeah, I don't like this at all, Rob. Why is he climbing the stalagmites? Or Which one are the ones that hang down? Are I they... think it's tights or the top ones, I think. Oh, I always get that confused. But anyway, yeah, he's yeah. climbing up that... Um... Oh, my God, watch out! Ah! Ah! Never You just have to try and keep up. How far are you willing to go, Michael? Yes, first. How are those maggots? 
All you Midnight Mass Creature cast fans out there, judging from that trailer, you have rejoined us once again for The Lost Boys from 1987. I am Mark, and I'm always joined by the ever-awesome... Robert Sutherland. (laughs) Robert Sutherland. I like the sound of that. Makes you sound dashing and dapper. I know, right? Very cool with mm. with the dangly earring and the spiky hair. Yes, and like the baby peach fuzz on your chin. I know, right? That, if only I could have a he, beard he, like that. He's so young in this movie. He, what do you think? He's like maybe 18 or 19 in this film? 12. Yeah, <laughs> 12. we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks super young because the next time I see him won't be until Lost Highway. <laughs> yeah, he's a very, yeah, he's a, he's a, ba- a not a, like a baby, like a babe in the woods, not mm-hmm. like a hot babe, like a babe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we are talking about Lost Boys, and this was your pick. Um, now, when did you first see this, uh, Rob? Oh, boy, that's a difficult one. Um, it would have to be in the late 80s, I would say. Because okay. I remember just being big into like uh, the two Corys and watching every film that they starred in together. And then of course this was a vampire movie. So I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. You know, the, it's like, we got uh-huh. the, the comedic value of like uh, Corey Feldman um, being silly and Corey Haim just doing his thing. And I don't know. It's, I, I believe it was probably 88. I think I'd like to say that. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now I actually saw this at the theaters when it first came out and being a gay person, my big draw was Jamie Gertz. That's why I was excited to see this and the vampires, of course, but I love Jamie Gertz. Like I still do. Really? What about you know the, that uh, <laughs> yes, that's, that's star. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, yeah, I was I'm, wondering, I'm, I'm, if, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, <laughs> I'm just laughing. I was, it was just crickets after I said her name. Oh, no, no. I was just, uh, I was waiting no. for you to finish the end of your story. <laughs> that was pretty much it. No, I just, I've, I've, I've always loved her. She was on a TV show called um, Square Pegs. I've never I seen know, that. You probably never saw it. It was on for like one season and she was Muffy Temperman and I, uh, Tepperman, and I love that show so much. But anyway, go ahead. Muffy. Okay. No, I was going to say. Muffy, te- yeah, she was a. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you, I was just going to say she was, a, she was a preppy on the show. She played a preppy. That's why she was Muffy. Oh, okay. Muffy Go ahead. That name yeah. makes me laugh so much. Muffy. <laughs> now, I was going to say, I thought the draw for you would be the uh, shirtless saxophone player who looks like he belonged in the WWF. <laughs> so, yes, you know me so well. And you just like stomped all over my joke because like we got into this, I was going to say the star of the show, of course, would be Timmy Capello. Oh, was the, sax the sexy, the sexy sax player. Yes. I'm now, sorry. I, I didn't mean him. to ruin it for you. Oh, no, don't be. Oh, please. I'm teasing you. Um, he was in like like the Tina Turner video for We Don't Need Another Hero. That's where I remember him mainly from. And that was from the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome video. Oh, wow. So he's uh, he's been doing his thing. Oh, yeah, he's been doing his thing. And he actually I, I don't know what his weird connection with Tina Turner like is, but he was actually in the What's Love Got to Do With It movie from 93, where Angela Bassett plays Tina Turner. But wow. yeah, he was the uh, sweaty, shirtless saxophone player. Yeah, and he he's looked, always sweaty and shirtless. He looked playing sax. <laughs> he looked to be well oiled, I must say. <laughs> he was there. Yeah. Well, you know what? Looking back on it, was it oil or was it like garlic? Maybe he rubbed all over him to keep himself safe. <laughs> it I might think have he was been onto something. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I wasn't so. there, but I heard like the whole area around the concert. It just smelled like a pizza place. I could see that. I could totally see that. But yeah, so so yeah, that to me is the star of the whole show is is Timmy <laughs> and uh, Jamie Gertz. <laughs> but yeah, so yes. Um, Oddly enough, though, none of the uh, cast, uh, the male cast, really appealed to me in that way, if you know what I'm saying, other than Tim. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, like, really into Kiefer in that way or, you know, the other ones. I think it's maybe the mullets. I'm not a, even though I rocked one, I don't really find myself attracted to men <laughs> rocking mullets. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were both a little well you were older than me of course but oh I yeah think, no, like yeah. the we probably had mullets around the same time I would say Oh yeah I totally rocked the mullet I had the beard I had the mullet yeah I was uh, partying in the front was it uh business in the front party in the back Yeah see I didn't have a beard but I had the mullet <laughs> I was yeah. a little no, too, young too young for a beard. for a beard Yeah 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 no I had the beard thing going on But yes yeah, so that's our that's our uh star of the show and Jamie Gertz. But anyway, let, should we get into the movie? No, yeah. wait, we should not get into the movie. I want to talk about really quick. I want to talk about the director, Mr. Schulmacher, Joel Schulmacher. Um, now, do you know anything at all about Joel, Rob? Only that the name sounds familiar, but I can't really place okay. uh, what he's done. Okay. All right. So Joel is way gay. And he's the one that put nipples on Batman in Batman and Forever and Batman and Robin from 95 to 97. <laughs> I remember the nipples on Batman. Yes. Uh, he also directed. Now, this one, I don't know if you'll know it or not, because there's that big age difference in us. But back when all those Rat Pack movies came out, he directed St. Elmo's Fire, which is another one of those Rat Pack movies. It had like Demi Moore. Mm. Um, I think it may have had Kiefer Sutherland in it. Uh, but anyway, it was, uh, oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Judd Nelson, I think was in it and Ali Sheedy. Um, and then he did flatliners, which I'm pretty sure we've talked about that not on a show, but like proper, but we've discussed it before. Yeah. You know, we've both seen flatliners. Yeah. We've both seen, I, now have you seen the, the, uh, like the redo of flatliners, the newer one? I have, I didn't really like it that much. 
Okay, but you've seen it. Yeah. You're familiar with it? Okay, yes, yes. All right, so he was the director, and um, it was produced by, I just want to bring this up real quick, by Richard Donner. Another name that sounds familiar to me. Yes, he's done a lot of stuff. Um, (laughs) For me, (laughs) he did The Final Conflict, which is where Sam Neill plays uh, Damien Thorne, all grown up from the Omen the Omen films, eighty-one. Uh, Sam Neill. From, yeah, from yeah, from Jurassic Park. Um, and then he did both of the uh, Tales from the Crypt movies, so Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood from ninety-five Ooh. and ninety-six. <laughs> and then he also did the X Men movie from two thousand, and he did X Men Origins Wolverine from two thousand nine. Those okay. are some of the things he's produced. Interesting. But yeah, yes. And then we've already jumped ahead and talked about Timmy Capello. So I will not mention him again. <laughs> He's the star of the show. <laughs> Everything else is just, I don't know, whatever. I don't know who else is in the movie, but Timmy's in the movie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> just a shirtless, oiled up saxophone player. Saxophone player. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, don't you think, I'm sorry, I don't mean to like harp on this, but don't you think he's almost tempting fate by not wearing a shirt in like a place infested with vampires? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, come at me, bro. <laughs> it just reminded me so much of, uh, I don't know if you watched WWF back in the day, but it reminded me a little bit of Brutus, the barber beefcake. And, uh, you know, with just the, the hair pulled back and the shirtless and then wearing the chains around his neck and playing the saxophone. I don't know. The whole thing just screamed like Brutus, the barber beefcake. Yeah. That's funny because you, what'd you call it? WWF? Yeah. Is that what you call it? See, I just call it free gay porn. Free gay porn. (laughs) (laughs) Men in their underwear. Of course I watch wrestling. Yeah, of (laughs) course I watch wrestling. Yeah, I was, I was a very, very big wrestling fan at a very young age. Okay. I wasn't sure. Oh, really? I'm Mark. Have we not met? (laughs) Um. (laughs) No, no. Is this a fat gay Mark I'm talking to? (laughs) Oh, yes, it is Fat Gay Mark. You better believe it. Fat Gay Mark, who would be late for church so he could watch wrestling a little bit longer. (laughs) Oh, that's great. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, so our movie opens. uh, We get that like creepy song, like the kids like kind of singing the little creepy song and we get the POV shot of the water at night and it fades into the amusement park and it's Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. And then we get our vampires on the carousel, which the first vampire we see is um, it's uh, Keeper Sutherland, and that no, my vampire that's David. David is Keeper Sutherland, and then really quick, of course, he was in Flatliners too as well from from '09. Now, did you ever see The Vanishing mm. from '93? It's I a might really have. creepy film. It's like a thriller. Um, it was actually a, a remake of a Dutch um, film from 98 with the same director, uh, George Slutzer, I believe. But he was in that one. And it's got um, one of the bridges. I believe it's Jeff Bridges. But it's a really, really creepy thriller film. Um, basically, a gentleman's wife gets kidnapped um, while they stop to get gas. And then the other guy gets fixated on trying to find the man who kidnapped her, but it's a very good movie. I highly recommend that to people out there in listening land. Um, and then of course he was uh, Sam Stanley in Twin Peaks, Firewalk With Me. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here with this one because you're an anime guy. 
Did you ever see Armitage 3 Polymatrix? Ooh, no. Okay, well, I recommend it. I like it a lot. It's an older one. It was from 96. Originally, it was a, a four-episode OVA in Japanese. But then they put the OVAs together to make a movie. And he voices um, the, the male lead character named Ross. But the female one is voiced by Elizabeth Berkeley from Showgirls. But it's a really cool anime. And I highly recommend it to like you. I think you might enjoy it. And like anyone else out there who likes anime, I recommend it. That sounds cool. I think I would enjoy it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Um, but anyway, so he's like uh, on the carousel with his other like vampire buddies. And he's pretty much harassing this other couple. <laughs> yeah. And, and I wanted to bring this up. But one of the people, the uh, the blonde, the blonde streak guy. Now, for some reason... I don't call it my crazy brain. Uh, okay. His okay. name is Alexander Bacon Chapman. Um, it looks like he, in this, at least in this anyway, it looked like he played Donk from, uh, from Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> oh, okay. Did he? I don't, I don't think he did, but it just looked like he did. Oh. <laughs> Cause <Got you. laughs> maybe it was the hair or the jawline or something. I was like, that's Dunk gotcha. from Crocodile Dunny, but it's not. He like his filmography is very short. So And that's all he, that's all you could see when you watched it is that's the guy from Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, that's the guy that smashed a beer can on his head from Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not him. No, not him at all. That's funny. See, that's where that's when you would go to recasting couch and you would just make this guy. I, the guy from Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, I'd have to find out who that is, though. Right, that's true. That's true. I can wait while you look that up if you want. <laughs> no, that's fine. We'll do that later, maybe. I'll just put my head down on the keyboard. Um, <laughs> just so go anyway, to sleep so he's for like a harassing bit. this. Yeah, just go to sleep. It just goes dead silent on this podcast. <laughs> um, and he's like harassing this other couple. And he basically gets him and the other, and he's got his other three vampire buddies. And he basically gets them uh, kicked off of the carousel as well as the other couple they get kicked off too which i didn't think that was fair i thought the chunky cop was being rather mean to them i think that security guard just doesn't like teenagers no i didn't think so either well yeah and i almost kind of thought aren't you all too old to be on the carousel but you know to each their own but anyway um <laughs> you know what i'm saying i like they did why are you on the carousel they did look like yeah. uh, 20 year old teenagers. <laughs> so, like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So now it's the, the everything's shutting down and all the amusement park lights are going off. And we see our uh, aforementioned officer walking to his car mm -hmm. alone. And it's the only car left on the lot. And um, we get a POV shot of him heading to his car. And he gets there and then we hear this like scream and he's lift up into the air and he's actually holding on to his car door and it's ripped off with him. Yeah. I thought that was really <laughs> cool. Pulls up into the air. Oh yeah. And how crappy, what were the cars where the doors would come off? Were they Yugos? Do you remember this? Um, like no. I worked with a girl at Kmart and her door used to just keep falling off in her hand. <laughs> and so I automatically assumed, was that a Yugo that you were driving, sir? Wow. No, I've never heard of that. Yeah, where the doors really just came car. right off. Oh Yeah. They were super cheap, Rob. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so he met his uh, fate that day and in the or that evening uh, by messing around with 
what we'll later find out are vampires. He should have never screwed with Kiefer Sutherland, man. Mm-mm, never, never, never. So now we have a new day and it's uh, a car is arriving. It's an overhead shot. And it's a, they're basically uh, have a trailer attached to their car. And it's our mom arriving into town with her two sons. And I actually love the mom. Like I love her so much. Um, the actress, well, the mom is Lucy and the actress is Diane Weist. Um, are you familiar with Diane? Not so much. I remember her okay, bubbly personality now, though. Yes. I love her so much. Like, I, like if you can't get D Wallace to be a mom, you should get Diane Weist because they're both <laughs> like excellent moms. Um, I think, I think it's the initials, the DW for some reason just makes you a great mom. But uh, I loved Edward Scissorhands so much, and she was in that one from 90. Was she the mom um, in Edward Scissorhands? I want to think yes, I believe. When you pull this on me, I don't always have uh, – these are notes. I don't have IMDb like pulled up. Let me see if I can find it. I want to say yes, though. I think she was. Because I don't yeah. remember her from any other thing except for Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. No, she was in Edward Scissorhands. I love that one. Let's see. Oh, yeah. I see a photo of it. It's just not telling me who she is. Hmm. Let's see. Let's see. She plays Peg, and I don't know who Peg is. I think she maybe the ones that took, that, that took Edward in. I'm pretty sure. All those Edward Scissorhands fans are screaming at us and, like, chopping at the I camera. I know. We're, we're going to be getting... The camera. <laughs> we're going to be getting death threats in our email. I know, I know, but they'll be written poorly. Actually, it'll just be the letters cut out because they have their scissor hands, so, you know, like like hostage letters. Cut out from a magazine. Exactly, exactly, and paste it down poorly because he can't hold the glue. He'll have to use a glue stick. Um, and then she was in the birdcage, which being a gay man, I had to see that. Um, but another one, she was in Practical Magic from 98, and I know you've seen that. Oh, yes, I have seen that. Mm-hmm. And then she is relocating because of a divorce. And she's bringing in tow her two sons. The oldest one is Michael, and that's played by Jason Patrick. Um, and he played uh, Lord Byron in Frankenstein Unbound from 90. I don't Ooh, know if you've seen yes, that Yes, I did see that. Oh, good for you. Did you? I like that one. Frankenstein that Unbound one. was like one of the most, it was probably my favorite Frankenstein movie of all time. Get out of town. Are you serious? Yeah. I really liked the the way that it was portrayed and like the way the story was told. And it's just like. That's awesome. It was an awesome uh, movie, you know? That's really cool. Yeah. I would love to cover that one with you. Yeah. That's yeah, right. I that's forgot awesome. that was in the 90s. We'll jot that one down. Uh, and then he also was in The Abandoned from 2015. I don't recall and that one. then. The abandoned, uh, it's okay. I mean, I would recommend watching it's a one watch. Don't run out and buy it anybody, but it was fun for what it was. Um, and then he is accompanied by his younger brother, Sam, who is uh, one of the Corys we get. This is Corey Hain. Now, yeah. I think we had this conversation before, but do you prefer one Corey over the other? I always preferred Corey Feldman. Okay. I thought we had this conversation. Yeah, yes, we did. That's right. Um, and in this movie, he's playing Marty Coleslaw. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What? Marty Coleslaw. <laughs> I'm kidding. I was just waiting for like him to get out of the car in a wheelchair. And then Jake, uh, Garrett, not Jake, Gary oh. Busey shows up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if there was a way to combine Silver Bullet with the Lost Boys, I want to live in that town. 
That would be so I cool. Make it long, but I want to live in that town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like vampires yeah. versus and werewolves. Actually, that would be amazing. Yeah, priest vampire. Oh I mean, shit! Priest, no, yeah. <laughs> no priest werewolf. werewolf. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, priest werewolf. <laughs> that would be badass. So, um, that would be amazing, actually. Yes, um, as long as Jamie Gertz and Tim were there. And would Corey Haim? I wonder if Corey Haim would have to play a double role, like as Sam and then as Marty, like you know, be a cripple and then <laughs> also be Michael's brother. <laughs> but I also want it to be where no one even notices it's the same person. Like no one does a double take or anything. Right. He just like, puts just on he's glasses. In a he's like, no, just because he's in a wheelchair. Just because oh. he's in a wheelchair, he's like so unrecognizable. They're like, he can't be the same person. He's in a wheelchair. So he's wearing the same clothes, same hairstyle and everything, but he's just in a wheelchair. Well, he doesn't have to be same clothes, but it's just like Clark Kent, like with the glasses, except instead of glasses, he's in a wheelchair. So that makes him totally unrecognizable as the other person. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> we got to make but that movie so, happen. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. As long as we can get Tim Capello to join on. Oh, yeah, we definitely, like, if you got his number, call him up. Hang on, I'm dialing right now. I'll get Kiefer Sutherland um, on the line and, you know. Right, yeah. Actually, Tim, is, there's still that restraining order with me and Tim. Oh, damn. Yeah, I know. Some people are so touchy. Um, and then, did you ever see Watchers? I think we've had this conversation. Yeah, we did, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've okay. seen Watchers. <laughs> okay, you have seen Watchers. Okay, yep. and then he was in Batman and Robin. As a uncredited bike gang member. Hmm. Was he wearing a mask? Because I did see Maybe. Batman and I Robin and I don't yeah. recall him from there. He may have been wearing a mask. I don't know because he's uncredited. So I just thought that was interesting. So he's worked with uh, with uh, Mr. Donner before and okay. Joel before. No, Joel before, not Mr. Donner. Joel before. Joel's the one who directed it. Uh, and then he also um, did the Backlot murder, Murders, which I kind of like for a slasher. That was from 2002. And then he appeared in, which I guess we should talk about these, um, The Lost Boys, uh, The Tribe from 2008. Right, but he was actually in the, the cut footage from that. Oh, was he now? Okay. Yeah, because at the end, I blocked, like in, oh, what happened? No, I was just going to say, I blocked both of those from my memory. I did, was not a fan of either one. Oh, okay. I like, Yeah. I won't say that they're my favorites, but I liked them for what they were and I'm a completionist. So it's like, okay, this is a trilogy. Now I've got to get the other two movies in this. <laughs> Cut you crying as you take the posters down from behind you and take off your t-shirt, <laughs> revealing, <laughs> revealing the tribe, the whole chest tribe tattoo oh right right covering your yeah your stomach yeah right because on my back is reserved for the new kids on the block tattoo that takes up my whole back <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah i saw right, him in right. the in the bonus footage like he had this uh george clooney from dusk till dawn type tattoo going on there and it was like they said they had to remove him from the from the movie like he was slated to be in the film but they had to remove him from the movie because at that time he had relapsed and like he oh, was just yeah he was so drugged up that he, oh yeah and like that was the last time anybody had ever seen him wow interesting huh well there you go there's our trivia now we're done <laughs> that the show's over that's it <laughs> 
Show's over. Bye, guys. Thank you so see, much. See you next week. Um, Tim, call me. Yeah, Tim, call <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> um, so they are relocating because of divorce, and they're, they're heading to see uh, their grandfather, who we'll get to him in just a bit. Um, but so, um, and this is where we get the weird cover. I think it was Echo and the Bunny Men who are covering People Are Strange, the door song. Yeah. Played over the montage of all the, like the, not, to me, they're not strange, but I think they're trying to imply that the, the village, the town is full of like strange people, strange townsfolk. Well, the girl uh, making out shows- with the rat was kind of weird. Again, I'm so sick of you kink shaming me, Rob. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and but we do see that the two brothers are looking for work during all of this, and it's also interspersed with um, the missing people flyers posted all around. Oh yeah, and did you notice? Yeah. Um, I want to take it back to the 1980s for a moment. <clears throat> that, oh sure. That weird looking. Um, I'm guessing it was a statue on the ski lift, but I always thought it was a, just a strange looking person. And then I noticed like for the first time watching in HD that no, it's a statue or like a, some kind of sculpture on the ski lift or whatever that was. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't even No, I don't. I didn't pay any attention. So is it someone sitting on the ski lift? Yeah. It's like you see it for a brief moment and it's like while the song is playing and they've got like a football shaped head and, uh, but it's not an actual person. It's just like a sculpture, but I always thought it was a person. Is it like a mask? Is it a mascot of some sort? I wonder Mm. like a, like a team mascot. It might be. It's just this, uh, like while the ski lift is going, lifting all these people, I don't know if it's an actual ski lift, but it's one of those gondola type things. And, um, it's just an empty seat with this uh, person or sculpture on it. And like, he's got his arm around the back of the seat. Like if somebody were to sit next to it, it would look like, you know, they were together. They were riding with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I wonder if it's like set up to like make someone's love or jealous and then like <laughs> blackmail them. Yeah. I'll like have to have show you like the money. still shot of that because it's like, yeah, as a I'll kid, go back and look. I always thought it was an actual weird looking person, but it's not. Huh? Yes. Now you got me intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back and make more Tim jokes, but I've got to let this go. So I'm moving on. Um, So they get to their destination and grandpa's like laying on the front porch and the whole place (laughs) is very groovy. It looks very like hippie-esque. Yeah. And he looks like he's like dead, but he's not. He's just playing dead. And then Sam or Corey, Sam, is just like the biggest baby in the world. He's just like griping to gripe. And he's like being all whiny about everything. Um, and the boys are just behaving awfully in the in the house. To me, I just think they're running around and they like need discipline, clearly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, with the older looking people playing teenagers where Jason Patrick is kind of the the twenty five year old chasing after his yes. little brother. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's it's really out of place, and I didn't notice that before, but now I do. It's like wow, okay. What I find stranger than that, though, are the clothing choices for Corey's character for Sam. 
like that that one thing he was wearing looked like a like something he stole from the golden girls that like robe looking thing oh yes i know exactly what you're talking about i'm like what are you doing yeah it was the most bizarre thing is it because they're and from honestly, phoenix and, and and that's what they wear in phoenix i don't know i i think they were trying to make him look like yeah like a hip kid but like I didn't really see anyone wearing stuff like that in the eighties. It was hip. <laughs> no, you would have been at, beaten to death. <laughs> and then at one point in the film, it looked like he was wearing hospital pajamas. That's what I mean. Like just the, it's the weird, when I see stuff like that in movies, almost like we were talking about like punks in movies. Yeah. It's like someone who's so out of touch with things. It's their idea of what someone like that would be dressing like, but they have no idea really what that looks like. Oh, like when we were talking about the, the punks and Howard the Duck. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like no one really dresses like this people. And on a, also on that same like wave thought length there, I also don't think that Edgar and Alan would have anything to do with this kid. No, they'd probably like, just write him off as a total I think they'd weirdo. write him off. Yes, exactly. He's like a dweeb. Let's stay away from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, so we get to meet grandpa and grandpa's played by Bernard Hughes. Um, I won't ask you if you've seen this because I've done it to you before, but he was in Midnight Cowboy from 69, which is an amazing movie. Uh, he was in Brian De Palma's movie Sisters from 72 with Margot Kidder. And I love that movie so much. Another one that I think I brought up, it was a TV movie, which like scared the bejesus out of little fat Mark. It was called the UFO incident, which was based on a true story, true story. I'm doing little air quotes in case it wasn't true um, about a UFO abduction of an interracial couple back at the time. It was a big deal. Um, and James Earl Jones played one part of the couple. Um, and he was in tales from the dark side in 93. He was in one episode of that, but he was, a, he's the grandfather, the way groovy, <laughs> probably pot growing and smoking grandfather. He just seems like, like a giant hippie that never got out of the sixties. Yeah. To me. And that you did see that when um they were the two brothers were in the kitchen outside of the window you saw those little telltale leaf signs and then uh they were oh, making okay. comments Thank about you. like uh he was a he was a pot smoker. There you go. Okay, there you go. Thank you. You got, you had my back once again. Thank you. <laughs> Always got you yeah, back. So that's Yeah, so that's Gramps right there. Um so now we uh, have another night scene. It's night over the water. There's lots of POV shots from overhead to give yeah. us that whole like something's flying and looking down on things. Um, and it, there's, this one had almost like those little bat noises. I heard something, but I didn't know if that was wind howling or what that was supposed to be. To me, I think they were kind of playing with it. So it could be like it's very amb ambiguous, amb ambiguous, ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mark. All right. Yeah. So, and then this is where we get our soulful sax player. And then we get to see Jamie and I put down hello, Jamie and her little friend. Cause it's a uh, star, um, which is played by Jamie Gertz. And it is also Laddie, which is like the, for some reason, it seemed like back in the eighties, you always had to have a little kid in your a little kid <laughs> vampire as well. Like uh, it happened in, seriously, like uh, near dark had one. And then interview with the vampire had, you know, the, the little girl. Um, and this one we get, you know, the little boy. Um, star is Jamie Gertz. And um, she was in Endless Love, which I love that movie so much. It's got Brooke Shields in it. 
We've already talked about Square Pegs. She was in 16 Candles, which is another Brat Pack movie from 84. Then she did Less Than Zero, which is kind of another Brat Pack movie with 87. And now I know you love Twister, and she was in Twister. She was Dr. Reeves in that one from 96. Okay. Now, I did see 16 yes. Candles, but I don't remember her from that. And uh, Less Than Zero. She was Robin, and she had a super small role. Yeah. Oh, okay. Super small role. And yeah. I saw yeah. Less Than Zero, now, but I barely remember that. Okay, yeah, she was, there was the three big ones, and she, it was her and um, Andrew McCarthy and Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is totally off everything. I love the soundtrack for Lesson Zero. Oh, it's an amazing soundtrack. I, I was talking about that it's on the other show. It's a great soundtrack. Were you really? Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a great soundtrack. And when Danzig and the, the Fury and the Power Orchestra did You and Me Less Than Zero, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Love this Yeah, no, it's a song. great soundtrack. Yeah, no, it's a great soundtrack. Yeah. Um, and then Laddie is Chance Michael Corbett. Okay, so let me get into this really quick, and then you can wrap your head around it. Okay. So he was in Pumpkinhead from 88. Whoa, okay. whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Yes. Yes. Wait, hang on for even more. He was Eddie Harley. The well, boy, we all know the that boy Lance who Hendrickson died? was. No, no, no. Because I looked it up. Oh, that little okay. boy is. He's, no, no. But the dad of that little boy, Lance Hendrickson, was Ed Harley. Well, yeah. this little boy is Eddie Harley. Was there a flashback scene where Ed Harley was younger? Because I, I haven't seen it in a little bit. Or is that a family member? So wow. is he related to Ed Harley somehow? Now I want to know. Yeah, I mean, now I, minds want to know. My brain is broke. I thought he was the little boy. Okay. No, he's definitely not the little boy that gets killed. He's Oh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not that little boy. Yeah. So now I want to go. We, have to, we now have to do Pumpkinhead sooner than later because I want to go back now and figure that one out. But was but there anyway, a flashback so yeah, that, scene? Oh, in, was there a flashback scene in Pumpkinhead where um, Ed, I don't know, young Ed there, Harley, where, where they showed him younger? I don't know. I don't recall that because I remember. I remember the shower scene where you got just the top part of his dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that hurt. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, so this is also where Mike first sees Star, and he's like instantly smitten with her, as we all should be. Um, oh yeah, it's like she's she's got this ethereal beauty that just entrances and enthralls all men. Yeah, except for shirtless saxophone like a, player, right? Who's so sweaty? I wrote that in my notes. He is so sweaty. <laughs> um, but anyway, so. Uh, they oh they wanted like a like a blonde waif type character the player but they ended up with Jamie which I'm grateful for that I love her so much um, so Mike takes off in pursuit of of um, Star and then we see that Lucy's roaming around the boardwalk and um, she passes by again they were like really drilling in that like wanted poster thing but she's looking for a job as well um, and is this the part where and- we see. Um, I'm either thinking it's the wife or the sister of the night watchman who was sucked up into the air in the previous scene because she's putting up like missing persons posters. Of him? Yeah. 
I didn't notice that part. Good for you. You know what? Once that saxophone player came on, the rest is all I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants here, Rob. <laughs> you gotta you gotta cool yourself down, take a cold shower or something, my friend. I something, something, yeah. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. Cause I did notice someone putting that up, but I didn't pay attention because I was more focused on because there's also Lucy talking to that little boy. Yeah. Um, I think it was right before that. Store. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. I didn't notice it was the, oh, that's awesome. Okay, that's great. That's awesome. See, that's why I got you as a partner here. Yeah, that's why we're a team. Ah, okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, so yeah, so um, she heads into the video store and the vampires are in there as well, David and the gang. And that's where Max, the video store owner, warns the, I, I put the Lost Boys, he warns the Lost Boys not to come in anymore. He said, I've told you before not to come in here. And his dog, Thorn, is not too happy to have him in there either. He kind of growls at him. Mm-hmm. So, um, Max is played by Edward Herman. And he was, oh, I think this is, okay. So, e- Edward Herman was in a movie called Death Valley from 82. And if I'm not mistaken, the little boy from Pumpkinhead. Let me, I don't want to lie. Cause I'm pretty sure the, the, the one from death Valley, I'm, I'm pretty sure the little boy from death Valley was also the little boy from, um, a Christmas story. I don't want to lie to you. The one that's um, uh, the one that everybody says you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Or yeah, a but different I, person. I may be wrong on that. Let let me see. But I'm also thinking he's the same, and I may just be like lying out of my wazoo here. Um, I thought he was the same little boy from. Let me do it this way. Well, there's oh gosh, I'm making a big mess of things. Um, I, but I also thought he was the same little boy from. Pumpkinhead. Let me look up Pumpkinhead and see. Yes, I was on the Pumpkinhead IMDb page, but I I couldn't figure out what was going on there. Okay, let's see here. I I, the thing I think coolest about Pumpkinhead is that Blossom is in it. I can never say her name right. Uh, Mayim Bizalk or whatever. She was also on. uh, Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Yeah. I I used to have the biggest crush on her. Did you really? Good for you. I, I always did. like, not in a sexual way, but I always like six. I love six on that show. Oh, six. Her my friend, friend used to call her sex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, let's see here. So of course they don't put the little boy who died at the very top. Of course they, God forbid we do that. Um, I'm not going to waste time doing this, but anyway, he's blonde. Anyway, Death Valley. He was in Death Valley. I'm not going to waste time doing this, but anyway. Um, and then he was in Annie. He played Franklin Delano Roosevelt in the movie Annie. Um, but the song is hard knock life. And for the longest time I would get slapped in the face because I thought it was a different <laughs> word than knock. Um, and my mom was not pleased with that. Um, and then he was also an overboard with Kurt Russell. So I had to mention that. Now, did you ever see my boyfriend's back? Uh, about the zombie, right? Yes. Did you ever see that? Yes, I did. Okay. I thought that was kind of fun. That was, um, that was a fun then, movie. Okay. And he was also, and here come the Munsters. Didn't see that From one. 95. Okay. He's Hermit. 
Which is weird because his name is Edward Herman. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a pact with Satan came to fruition. Right, right. And he's tall. Right. He did yeah. he does have those uh Fred Gwynn kind of looks where he could play Herman Munster. Right. Well, and he did. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I need to mention because I'm gay is he did six episodes of Oz from two uh 2003 to or from 2000 to 2003 he did that is oz again, the the jail gay. series yeah or free gay porn yeah A free gay porn yeah. another free gay porn yeah <laughs> right exactly <laughs> but that's max and so max okay. realizes that she's looking for a job and he offers her a job at the video store it must be serendipitous now on a side note, and I know we rarely get off on tangents. My goal as a kid was to work in a video store. I wanted that more than anything, Rob. I would have been in heaven. Oh, yes, yeah, same I got here. to work in a video store. I oh, wanted to work wanted at Blockbuster. So uh, the one I wanted to work at was, uh, it was called, it changed a lot of times, but originally it was Peaches, Records, and Tapes. And then it became Warehouse Music, like W-A-R-E, and then it became Warehouse music, W-H-E-R-E-H-O-U-S-E. <laughs> um, they just kept switching chains. And then eventually it became F-Y-E, but they didn't rent movies by then. But yeah, I wanted to work in a video store so bad, Rob. Yeah. Oh, yes. Now, just really quick. Um, this was actually filmed in Santa Cruz. And Santa Cruz in the 90s was the host of like a lot of serial killers, including Edward Kemper. Oh, yeah, I remember reading all, about that. Yeah, so all you true true crime uh, aficionados out there, that may uh, tickle your fancy. And also, the boardwalk still shows this movie once a year. Yeah, and people can bring their own like I lawn chairs cool. and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, and bring their own sweaty saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> But interestingly <laughs> enough, the uh, the stage that the sweaty saxophone guy played on is no longer there because of uh -huh. the earthquake in 1989. Fortunately, I did not listen and I made it through the quake to save one chunk of wood. And it's still in my home. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the wood he sweated on, right? Exactly. That's a horrible wood, uh, sweat stain on the wood. <laughs> it's anyway. So it looks like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Jesus with the saxophone. <laughs> it's the shroud of torn with the saxophone. Oh my God. I'm going to hell. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> oh man. so Mike and Sam like head off pursuing, uh, star and laddie, which I'll, I'll be honest with you. It took me forever to figure out what she was actually calling that kid. I'm like, is it Maddie? Is it Maddie? What are you saying? I thought it was Letty at first, like L-E-T-T-Y. Yeah, there were so many. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. And then in my notes, I have WTF is Sam wearing because he had the worst outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so... This is where they part ways and he heads into that comic book shop, which is officially, it's the Atlantis fantasy shop and it's still there to this day. Oh, and that's the place where they have the, the vampires everywhere comic book, which was signed by the entire cast. I know. How awesome is that to have a autograph by Tim Capello? <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Another callback. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Zing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. All right. So anyway, he's in there showing just how cool he is by his knowledge of all the Batman comic books. Um, which I don't know about you, because I think you may have a different relationship with the Corys than I do. But to me, I'm like, you're not fooling anyone. This is just dialogue you've memorized. Because to me, I I find it hard to believe that he would like have all of this cool Batman knowledge. And not only me, that, but then he it. was talking about um Superman so and so wasn't supposed yeah, to be in with exactly. Superman so and so. Yeah. Right with the red kryptonite and all this. So I'm like. Tom, your giblets, uh, Corey. (laughs) I knew you, I knew you'd take umbrage with this. Actually. I was like, Oh, Mark, Mark knows his shit about comics. He's going to school Corey. See, It's not even that it's, it's Corey. Even if it had been Corey Feldman, I would have bought it more, but I'm like, I'm not buying this from you, Corey Haynes. Is it because of his outfit? Yeah. If he'd been in a wheelchair, I would have, I would have bought it. (laughs) But I'm like, not Corey that can walk. No. Oh, um, man. So anyway, so that's when Edgar and Alan come over, but they don't tell us their names for a while, I believe, the Frog Brothers. Right. Which I don't, where did Frog come from? I get Edgar and Alan, but where did Frog come from? I think that's their actual last name. Oh, but I mean, is because everything else in here, like, is a play on vampires and stuff. But like, oh. or like, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, but like, where does Frog, other than the way that like Corey Feldman's voice sounded, which I don't know what that was. <laughs> that was um, just odd. Yeah, that was uh, the Frog Brothers. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, I thought maybe you might have some insight on that one. No, I, I couldn't find anything on that. Yeah, so they're like basically really like trying to get him to wear, to uh, read this Vampires Everywhere comic. And he's just like giving him all sorts of pushback because he doesn't do horror comics. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you don't do comics at all. You're not fooling me with that bathrobe. <laughs> with, <laughs> with B. Arthur's bathrobe. With your hospital scrubs on. Right. Yeah, you're not fooling me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so um, the couple from earlier, though, we see the gentleman steal some comics from out front and they took off running which will come into play later. Oh yeah, that's me? right. I almost missed that yeah. part, but yeah, now I, I recall yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're underneath the, the actual boardwalk sign and we see that this has all been like, she's been kind of like leading Mike on because she actually jumps on the back of David, Keeper Sutherland's bike. And all of a sudden the other ones all kind of like pull up around him. <laughs> yeah. And you think there's a, yeah. like, there's almost going to be a rumble. It looks like. Or well, a dance-off. A dance-off. <laughs> <laughs> it is Joel Schumacher, you know. Yeah. Um, so now I'm just going to do the vampires really quick if you don't care and just get them out of the way before I forget because I'm worried I'm going to forget if you don't care. No problem. So Marco is the one with the worst mullet of the three. Yes. It's the really permy looking one that gets wavier and longer in the back, but still permy. Yeah. And looks the most like a wig to me. And I will say that just as an aside, this is the first time that I noticed that he was the guy from Bill and Ted. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And I was like, yeah, he looks familiar. And yeah, Mr. Uh, Alex Winter, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yep. Well, all of them. He was in all of them. Yep. He started with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and he's played uh, played the same character in all of the other movies that followed. Um, well, that's a lie. I don't think he played the character in Bill and Ted's Sexcellent Adventure. <laughs> hey, I don't even think Keanu um, was in that one. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Uh, now, he was in Death Wish 3 for all those Bronson fans out there. Now... I don't know how I want to, which way I want to go. I'm almost, oh, I'm so torn. Either you're never going to heard of this or you're going to know exactly what I'm going to say. Hmm. In 93, there was a Brooke Shields movie called Freaked with Mr. T in it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that so makes no, me laugh. You don't know of the, have you seen it? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, so I okay. I'm like either Rob's going to know exactly what I'm going to talk about here, or he's going to have no clue. Well, anyway, Alex Winter was in that one as well. It's so weird that we may want to cover it because it is a '90s movie. It's just so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, like Mr. T is a bearded lady. Um, it's just so weird. Yeah, we should definitely cover that at some point. We don't have to rush to it, but it'd be fun to talk about with you. Now, then, I, oh, is- go ahead. I'm sorry. The other, I'm looking for the other vampires, and aside from Star and Laddie, I can't find the the other vampires in this. Oh, I got you covered, my friend. Okay. So Paul is the other vampire, and he is the lighter complected vampire. He's more blondish, um, and that's Brooke McCarter. And I had no other films that I knew from this gentleman at all. There was nothing that he'd been in that I'd seen, and he has a very small filmography. Okay. The is other he, one is, is he the one who takes a oh, holy water garlic bath? You got it, my okay. friend. Okay. And then Dwayne is the um to me he looks um he's got the uh he's darker complected with the darker hair and his mullet looks like it may be real to me. Like of all of them, his looks more like you were able to do that with his hair. Yeah, he looks like the the official biker gang member. Yeah, that's Billy Billy Worth. And he did one episode of Tales from the Crypt in 91. Here's another one I'm going to, I'm curious what you're going to respond to this one. So Abel Ferrer, who's an amazing director, um, he covered the whole Body Snatchers thing in 93 with his movie just called Body Snatchers. And it had Meg Tilly in it. Did you ever see that one? It's set on, a, on a, uh, an army base. Mm, that yeah that does sound familiar i believe i have seen that okay i would love to do that on the show it's a really good you know i love the the invasion of the vice naturals movies all the different takes on it yeah and this one's a really good one well i, I think we'll to. get to that oh yeah i would love to and then talking about the tillies because i love meg tilly and you can't talk about meg tilly without talking about her sister jennifer tilly and she was in a movie called relax it's just sex from 98 and this gentleman was in that movie as well Okay, I didn't see that. So there you go. No, it's it's kind of, it's not super gay, but it's got like gay characters and stuff. So that's kind of how I ended up seeing it. Okay. Yeah. So you could watch it because it's not super gay. <laughs> you could watch it and it would not turn you gay and you'd be okay. Um, so yeah. So um, now we get that overhead viewpoint again, but this time the couple 
with the stolen comic books have their roof ripped off and then they are both drug off into the air. It's also revealed that they have a lot of comic books in the car, which leads me to believe that this guy, that was not his first petty crime. Yeah, they've been stealing comics for quite a while. Which makes me hate them. That's not right. Now, do you think, all right, knowing what we know, um, uh-huh. and since Max is, oh, wait, never mind. I'm, I'm foolish. Um, I got the video store and oh. the comic store mixed up. But Max is the owner of the video store and not the comic book store. So never mind what I was going yeah, to say. I can see where you would not be the only person in the world to do that because they're not super clear with that kind of stuff. It does look does like it's the same kind of set. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, they just kind of like blur things all together. So I don't feel bad about yourself on that one. I don't want you crying and just eating a bucket of ice cream after we stop this podcast. Oh, I'm already okay. crying and in, into my uh, cereal. Oh. Yeah. It sounds like you might need some soulful sax to make you feel better. Sir. I do. I, I need um, Brutus the Barber right. Beefcake playing saxophone for me. Don't we all? <laughs> so this next thing I thought was so weird, but so it's Sam and Gramps and they get into his cool car. And he talks about going into town, but he's like, but I don't go there because I don't like those people. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is this is as close to town as I like to get. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is what makes younger generation hate the older generation because you do mean <laughs> things like that. So now we're back at the comic book shop and the Frog Brothers are spying on Sam and they ask him if they've noticed anything unusual about Santa Clara. And they talk about them being fighters for truth, justice in the American way. And they give him another vampire comic book. <laughs> and he's like, it's I told so you weird. guys before, I don't read uh, vampire. Com- I mean, horror comics, not vampire comics. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. You're good. Um, and now it's dusk, which we all know vampires love to come out when the when the uh, moon is full. Not, well, you know, when, when there's no sunlight. <laughs> um, and then so we have Mike meeting. Oh, there you go. Um, We all know, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mike is meeting Star and she offers, oh, because he's looking at getting his ears pierced. And she's like, I could do that for you. Um, And we see that like actually David Kiefer is like kind of spying on him from afar. And she, ooh, she goes to get on Mike's bike. And this is where I messed up because I had them circling earlier. This is actually when the, the, they all circle around the bike. And then she gets off and gets on Kiefer's bike. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, he thinks there's going to be a fight. A rumble or a dance off. A dance off. Uh, But none of these things happen. (laughs) (laughs) But they all head uh, over to Hunter's Bluff. And, um, you know, Mike's like, you know, I'm not going to fight you. I can't, you know, my bike's not, you know, going to keep up and everything. And and David's just like, you just got to keep up. And they go speeding off down the the beach. and then the fog starts to surround him. And we just see the headlights peering out of the fog and everything. But Mike manages to keep up. And we've got uh, David egging him on. And then Mike kind of swerves to the right just before he goes off that cliff. Yeah. And this is where he actually, he's like, all right, I'm going to beat your ass now. And mm-hmm. and then David's like, how far are you willing to go, Michael? And then he kind of like undresses. And then the song plays, let's go all the way. <laughs> oh, not, not in this version, unfortunately. That's the Shulmiker, the, uh, the, uh, Sh- I can't say his name, Shul 
Mocker director's cut. Oh, okay. What about that there director that did yeah. Breeders and he, he was also in um, making all that other gay porn? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mr. that guy. Mr. Gage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Cage. Was it Cage or Gage? One of the two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so they uh, head downstairs or like underground and it's revealed that it's a resort uh, from 1906 and a fault took it, uh, uh, like an earthquake fault. Um, and now it's their hangout. So we're back at Gramps' house, and we see Sam's actually given into horror comics, and he's reading them. And Lucy comes in, and she says it's time, you know, lights out. She starts going on about a closet monster. <laughs> oh, because he wants and the then, door open and yeah, that, that kind and of stuff. And then Gramps gives him that bizarre taxidermy beaver. <laughs> <laughs> and then we notice, or I did, the Rob Lowe poster. And I wrote down so gay and <laughs> I did not notice the Rob Lowe poster. <laughs> oh my God. So it's like, I hope you know what I'm talking about. There was a time in the eighties where they did like, really like it's would be like a black and white picture, but then it's pastel colored and it's Rob Lowe, like leaning against like a wall with like a half shirt on. Okay. Like looking at the camera, it's the gayest thing ever. I think my sister had a uh, C. Thomas Howell poster that was kind of like that. Yeah. Well, so it's hanging up on his wall. His No, I think it's a closet door. So, <laughs> Which says so all anyway, kinds of things about uh, Corey Haim. It sure does because... Walt was telling me later there's some trivia that it was kind of alluded that maybe, well, especially with Mr. Schulmacher, it was maybe going to try to allude that his character, that Corey's character, Corey Haynes' character was actually gay for all intents and purposes. So that's why he was Which wearing no the straight, weird outfits. Yeah, that's why he wanted to dress like the Golden Girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. That, that's, it's all starting to make sense now. It kind of, like, seriously, doesn't that kind of like, I don't know. Cause I kind of, anyway, whatever. Yeah. We get the vibes people. Okay. Um, so it's nighttime and, um, <clears throat> they're pulling this whole like Chinese food thing with Mike where they offer Mike food and what it looks like. And then it becomes something else. So right. at first he's given this box of rice and it becomes maggots. Yeah. So he's like, how do, how do you like your maggots? And he's like, what? He's like mm -hmm. maggots. You're eating maggots. And then he looks and it's maggots. Exactly. Yeah. And then like stars, like, you know, leave him alone, quit antagonizing him and everything. And then, oh, okay, really quick, a couple things. Anyway, so they give him the new, like the chow mein noodles and they become like worms and like he's, you know, catching on that they're messing with his mind. Really quick, you may not have noticed this, but in the background, there was a poster for Munsters Go Home. No, I didn't notice that. Okay. I saw Which, the Jim like Morrison poster, but I didn't see any other poster. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just thought was interesting because um, uh, Max played Herman Munster and Here Come the Munsters. I just thought that was kind of fun that they had the, a different Munsters movie in there with the poster. Nice. Then I also wrote down that Stevie Nicks called and she wants her shawl back from Star. <laughs> Did yeah. you see that thing she was rocking that? I did. I saw that. It was kind of yeah. like her blanket. Because wasn't Something. she... It was the weirdest thing. 
Wasn't she wrapped up in that when she was sleeping and Michael came to get her later on in the film? Oh, I think it was something different. The one I'm talking about, it was like, it was really was like a shot. It had like fringe on it and everything. Oh, okay. And it was like, you could kind of see through it, like lacy looking. Okay. Yeah. Different one then. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So, um, uh, Dave actually offers Mike a really gross, filthy looking bottle to have a drink from and the others cheer him on. And he does. And star says, don't do it. It's blood. So of course, like a moron, Mike drinks from it. He's like, yeah, sure. It's I, blood. What, <laughs> Yeah, what straight boys will do to uh, impress women, it's, I don't, I'll never understand. Um, <laughs> so he drinks from it and the boys all cheer. And then uh, I put down that Mike submits to the power of the liquid. He submits to the <laughs> Now, didn't that look so, like, you know, those, I don't know if you ever did this, but the bottles, like when you were in junior high and you would uh, put split peas onto them, like glue little peas on them or little bedazzle things and then spray paint the bottle. It kind of looks something like that. And it also kind of reminded me, I hope you're going to know what I'm talking about. So there was a brief period in time where like Coke or Pepsi or any soft drink, you could peel off the label and it was kind of like spongy styrofoam. And they were really oh, fun to yes. peel off all the way, like in a ring. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of too. Yeah. Really? It didn't look like, like that just, to me. It, oh, it, that's what it reminded me of. I'm like, he's just handling him like a souped up Pepsi bottle with like maybe dog piss in it. <laughs> and then Star's telling him it's blood, but it's actually urine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he just wants to get with Star so bad he'll drink anything. It's like, so, drink your pee? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. What? Yeah. So now we have all the bikes in the dark and um, <clears throat> Mike asks what's going on. And they are have driven out to like basically this train track and they all start to like jump off, which makes you think they're like, like plummeting to their death or something. But what they're really doing is jumping off and they're hanging below the rails, like where the train's going to go over. Yeah. Like the like, trussle. Not only are they um, vampires, but there are also thrill seekers. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because if you've lived forever, you're going to get bored really quick, I would think. And the you know, ordering from QVC can only go so far. Yeah. <laughs> you can only so watch the Golden down. Girls reunion so many times before you go so crazy. So many times. Exactly. So they all jump off and then David's the last to do so. And, um, and he like goes him on. He's like, you're one of us, just do it. And so finally, you know, he hears all of them kind of like beckoning to do so. And he jumps on and he's down below, but then the train comes by and it's like, like the force of it's like, gyre, like gyrating, jiggling the, the rails they're holding on to. And the others all just drop into the fog. And he eventually, I don't, do you think it's purposeful or do you think he just loses his grip? I thought he lost his grip because I remember he, he was yeah, trying to pull to me, himself so up and, but he couldn't. Yeah. I he don't didn't, think. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I didn't think it was willing on his part at all. Yeah. So we're in the same bed here on this one. Yeah. So I, he just. Let's go. Cause at first he's like screaming, like he can't, he's just lost control of it. And then he realized he's kind of, oh, it looks like he's kind of floating. And then he looks like he's plummeting again. And he wakes up in his own bed with sunglasses on it to be two o'clock PM the next day. Right. And I thought I was like, was that a dream, like some kind of a dream sequence? Like what happened in between that time that we don't know about? Like Okay, did he land on his feet like, you know, uh, Celine the Vampire from Underworld 
where she jumped off that really high building and then just kind of did the mm-hmm. the hero's landing. Um, and then yeah. what happened after that? Because he just ends up in his own bed wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Or did, well, so someone had to put the sunglasses on. I'm wondering, did he like pass out from fright and the other vampires brought him? Wait, they couldn't have brought him back because you have to be asked to enter the house. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So he must've made it back on his own accord. Correct. And they, would you agree? Maybe. And they're just not telling us that. But now who took off all his clothes and folded them so nice and neatly and put him in that little tight towel? His brother. <laughs> I think so. It, it seems like the, uh, the little Corey had a, had a thing for his brother. You know, he's like, Mike, Mike. Cause, yeah. <laughs> Cause did you notice like on the pillow, there was also a little mint, a little, <laughs> little heart shaped pillow. <laughs> then there was a couple of used condoms by the bedside, you know? Oh, gross, gross. You went further than I ever would have. Shame <laughs> on you. Um, so actually, he's awoken by his brother because mom's on the phone and she wants to know if he'll stay with Sam because she has a date with Max. Which is super sweet because I love Diane Weist and anyone dating her would be lucky. But it's um, kind of weird that the boss is asking the employee on a date. Not in the 80s. That's how you kept your job. It wasn't based on your worth ethics, worth work ethics. It was how low cut your shirt was. And if you would bend over in front of him and pick up a staple. And if you had really big boobs. Exactly. It didn't matter if you had a college education. No, nope, forget it didn't. that diploma. What's a I diploma? No. Nope. Right. Exactly. Can you get me coffee with that diploma? <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, right. So now it's windy and we're at Gramps house and the little chimes are going off and everything. Um, and this is where um, Gramps is going on a date with the widow Johnson and he's using Windex for aftershave, which is <laughs> just bizarre as heck. Um, that, and that was actually Mike, Sam's uh, Sam was the one who brought it up. He was like, just use yes. Windex. Yeah, his suggestion. And then Mike makes that really catty comment about, did he stuff Mr. Johnson for her? (laughs) And I didn't get that at first. And then I was like, ah. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. That way she's never lonely. Yeah. Um, Because he'll sit on the the ski lift with her. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then like Sam's getting on to him about telling him he needs to lose the attitude and get rid of the sunglasses and the earring. Um. And dress more like B. Arthur. <laughs> uh, and then I have the uh, bike boys arrive outside and they summon Michael. And uh, um, he opens the door, but it's only the wind outside. Like they just phantomly disappeared. Right. And it's then like Sam questions. Yeah. Aliens. Right. Exactly. And then Sam questions Mike about what's going on. And Mike just tells him to go take your bath. And then we're uh, treated to Sam in a bubble bath singing. <laughs> yeah. I ain't got a man. <laughs> Again, that's something little fat Mark would have done. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, people. Um, now, we didn't really mention it, but they also brought their dog with them, which is a husky named Nanook. Ah, um, yes. And he's uh, beside uh, Sam in the tub up there. <clears throat> Uh, and Michael and is really feeling a little peckish. 
Yeah, and he's not really, yes, exactly. He's not really happy about Mike coming up in, into the bathroom with Sam. Mm-mm. And he tackles him as he comes into the door. And then so once Sam comes out, the room is, not the room, everything is completely dark. Like the lights are out. And he realizes that, that Mike's hurt his hand like very badly. And Mike reveals that it's not his blood. I mean, that um, uh, it's a dog bite. Yeah. Uh, and he was, the dog was protecting Sam from Mike, basically. Mm-hmm. And then that's where we see Mike's reflection. And it's basically starting to fade away in the mirror. And I know and, you didn't see Back to the Future, right? No, I did not. I'm sorry. Okay. So, but there was a, a part in Back to the Future where Marty kind of gets erased from the timeline. And like he was starting to become almost translucent like that. And it just that whole reflection thing of, you know, your reflection kind of fading reminded me of Marty McFly from Back to the Future. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's clearly becoming vampiric. Yeah. Um, So Sam freaks out and uh, he locks Mike out and then he calls the two vampire hunters, the Frog Brothers. So Mike gets back in, he goes to his room and turns the lights out and lays down. And Sam has, you know, phone conversation going and they just want uh, Sam to stake Mike and kill him. And of course he refuses. And the other two offer to do that. And he's like, no, you can't do that. Well, while Mike's in the bedroom, he falls asleep. And as he's asleep, he kind of like, I guess in that like state of relaxation, he levitates to the ceiling of his room. See, I thought he was doing light as a feather, stiff as a board. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that's what that's I'm just going to move on because that's way too easy. <laughs> you left that wide open, but I'm not going to fall for it. Um, <clears throat> so um, he's trying to get down. As he's attempting to get down, he actually makes it worse by working his way out the room out of the open window. So yeah, the see, I didn't see that part. And I kind of wondered how the hell he got outside. Yeah, he was trying to do it, but he like, finagled his way out the open window so now he's like halfway hanging out the window and mom's calling on the phone and she's just checking in you know with her dinner date because they're at a restaurant with her and max and then sam sees him and he's freaking out and he's like saying he's trying to kill him and he won't open the window um and then mike's pleading for him to let him in and then uh, mike's you know giving the whole like we got to stick together and everything and then finally he convinces Sam to let him in. So Sam lets him in and Lucy arrives because she thinks that they're, they're killing each other. <clears throat> and Sam just, you know, gives him that whole brother story that we just got carried away. And he got was reading a scary comic book. And yeah. that was, the, you know, what got him so upset. And then in the interim, Mike had go to Mike had went to get a drink of milk and it spilt and he left the fridge open. So now mom's like, you know, all upset about the spilt milk. And the uh, refrigerator door being left open. But then the camera zooms in and we get a picture of Laddie, the young vampire, uh, as being posted on the milk carton that they used to do for missing children. Yeah. And And that's another first time for me um, because I didn't notice this until I watched the movie last night. And I've seen this movie multiple, multiple times. And I never noticed that Laddie was on the milk carton until last night. Isn't that funny how stuff like that happens? Yeah. I love stuff like that. Because like movies, like you could just watch them again and again and pick up on all sorts of things. Like that Rob Lowe poster. Right. (laughs) And (laughs) I never, I don't even think I noticed the Rob Lowe poster before. I just thought it was like a normal kid's room from the 80s and I wasn't really looking at posters on the walls. Oh yeah, no, I was being silly about that part. But but yeah, no, I love movies because you get some, 
like people, I don't know. I don't mean to be that person, but people are like, oh, I find movies boring. I'm like, I think you might not be watching them the right way. You know, you have to be like an active participant to me to enjoy yeah. a movie. Well, I mean, people like us, we're just, we don't watch a movie once. We watch it multiple times. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, no. Showgirls? (laughs) I I know we watch it for different reasons, but hey. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, but you just pick up so many things, so many nuances, you know? Yeah. I'm being serious on not being silly. Yeah. I mean, because like people make these movies, it's not just like something done in a vacuum. I mean, they think about like every little thing that that's put in there. You know, it's there for a reason, you know? Right. And I that's why like when that. you go back to it, you find those little Easter eggs sometimes and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't notice that before. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, <clears throat> so now we've got um, Lucy's bedroom, mom, and Sam wants to sleep with her. And he's getting into <laughs> bed with that like god awful robe, but it's, oh, no, no, I lie. I love this bathrobe. This is the one that looks like a, a, a Mondrian with all the like, color squares i love that bathrobe that he's got i love that one but anyway he's got a chuck full of like garlic oh yeah <laughs> do you know do you remember it yeah, yeah like, she's, she's so what, keep it closed. what's that smell he's like i don't smell anything exactly or did yeah. he say he um, had a lot of pizza i can't remember yeah i think something like that yeah but yeah it's like chuck full um anyway so um max arrives back home and he hears noises and at first he thinks that it might be Thorn, but then a bat kite kind of like swoops down and we get a jump scare. Or I did. I don't know if it scared you, but I got a jump scare with that. Yeah, that scared um, me the first time the, I saw that. Yeah. And then the silence is broken by the sound of bikes and headlights. And I thought, like, I didn't know he was the head vampire at that time, of course. I was like, oh, this guy's dead. <laughs> they're going to Oh, yeah, kill you him. definitely. They're, they're setting you up to make it think like he's going to be attacked. Yeah. That's definitely a setup. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that you, your reaction was exactly what the uh, filmmaker wanted you to have. Yeah, exactly. the old bait and switch. Um, exactly. Um, so now we're back at the lair, and we have Mike going in search of Star and some answers. Uh, she, she's like, I can't tell you, and I can't help. And I'm like, okay, why? <laughs> but whatever. That's, to me, that's just a typical. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, what are you doing? Uh, yeah anyway but then what's um, next he abandons uh, he abandons his search for answers to make some time with her you know well yeah she can't help or she can't tell you but she can get hot and heavy with you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then that song cry little sister plays i love that, that song pov shot oh do you okay there you go now are you a fan of the soundtrack or does it matter to you um are you indifferent I'm a fan of some of the songs on there. Definitely Cry Little Sister. And I love all the remakes of it. Um, mm, okay. But yeah, I'm more of a fan of the Less Than Zero soundtrack than this one. Gotcha. Now, have a lot of people covered the song? The one you're talking about, the Cry Little Sister? Oh, yeah. Many. You're going to have to school me on this because I have no idea. <laughs> um, okay. Just from the ones I know, I, Marilyn Manson covered it. Um, okay. A band named Ventana covered it. Um, and I think uh, some another band from the 90s, I can't remember the name, but this song was covered many times and there were different okay, variations cool. of it. Because I'm going to the assumption that if I don't know it, there's got to be at least one other person listening, my grandmother, who may not know that as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we get another uh, like shot from above POV shot. Uh, and this is the water with the waves uh, 
breaking onto the beach outside of the lair's entrance. And then we have all the, like it made, made you to think that the boys are arriving. And we have Mike and Star are in bed together. They're like snuggling. Ah, oh, yeah, cuddling after sex, yep. Uh-huh, and then we realize that, or he realizes that his hand is healed. So he's got that power to, like, he can heal himself. So we're back at Gramps' house, and Lucy wants to talk with Mike because he's arrived home. He's got his sunglasses on. And I I actually really like this scene because it, it gives you the two viewpoints because she's seeing as a mom, she's seeing like this wall separating her and her son. Like she's losing touch with her son. He's getting older. Yeah. Um, he's approaching 30, 35. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like her teenage son. And he's like becoming more distant and she doesn't want to lose that relationship she has with him. Um, and she sees this being like, he's just being standoffish. Whereas we know he's like becoming a vampire and he's dealing with all these new things and it's like you know would obviously be stressing him out but there's that whole dynamic in the relationships and he can't really talk to her about it but she really wants him to talk to her but like she wouldn't be prepared for him to say i'm a bloodsucker mom you know right <laughs> but i just really like it he's hitting vampire and, uh, puberty just, exactly and he's just tired and he just wants to go upstairs and she feels very shut out yeah um but then like grandpa's like all proud because he was out all night you know he's like good for you <laughs> um and then, of course, we get Sam who asked him if he took care of everything when he was out. Uh, when he, if he took care of everything when he was out last night. Oh, and this was um, the part where Sam was wearing that awful, awful hospital scrub type outfit. You know what? I'll be honest with you, Rob. You could pretty much say that about every scene Sam is in. It's just it goes from god awful to god awful. There's that one thing where it's like a pseudo tank top thing and it's got like really like tribal drawings on it that's awful there's just so many bad choices in this thing this poor kid's wearing yep did you they're just horrible it looked like it was kind of a hospital (laughs) gown like something they would give you yeah oh no there's so many things yes there's so many awful things this kid's wearing horrible (laughs) poor Corey, man horrible horrible awful thing yeah all right so um we have lucy arriving at max's house and she's brought wine to apologize. And she also has Sam, which I'm like, I wouldn't have brought my son. But anyway, he's going to stay in the car with his comic book and be all mopey. <laughs> um, and so she, so the way Max's house is set up, it's like almost like a little, like you park your car and there's like a little walkway, but it's separated by two gates. One where you park your car, then you walk over this little like bridge-esque thing. And there's another gate yeah. to get to his actual. That's so property. weird. It's like a labyrinth or something. Yeah. Um, so she has her wine and she gets through the first gate and she's going through the other one. And then she goes to get to the other one. But Thorn, Max's dog, actually like freaks out and attacks her and like like starts running after her and then she has to flee and it like tears her, her skirt basically. She just barely makes it over the gate. Yeah. Now um, I got to ask when, safety. when this scene was playing, did it have you on the edge of your seat? You're like, Holy shit, get over the fence quick. You're just like hoping that she does not get eaten by this dog. Well, and I thought again, D Wallace had something similar with Cujo. It's that same parallel with D Wallace and, Diane Weiss. It's the DW, man. It's the DW. I'm telling you, it's the DW. It's the DW. And then, um, so Sam's saying this all start when mom start working at Max's video store. And could uh, could the dog possibly be a hound of hell? 
And the two, the Frog Brothers agree to check out Max. So now they're starting to think that Max has something to do with all this. Yeah. <clears throat> and we get our, our windy evening. And um, uh, there's more kites oh, being uh, Mike, flown. <laughs> no, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of kites, oh, I tie back to silver bullets. Oh, my goodness. I did not even think about that. You're right. I didn't until just now. Wow. Oh, it's becoming quite clear, Rob. Okay, what kind of kite was it in Silver Bullet? Don't you remember? It was a smiley face kite, like the smiley face in The Howling. Oh, yes. Now, see, if you're not Rob, there to remind oh, me of these things, it's okay. So it's and, not and Rob, just. Who starred in The Howling? Who starred in The Howling? D. Wallace. D. Wallace, D. yeah. Wallace. Oh, they're going to kill us, Rob. We're on to something. They're, Guys, uh, if we never have another podcast, we were murdered. It was the smiley face gang. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were murdered. Yes. Or turned so into anyway, werewolves. So, right, which I'd be totally down with that. Hey, I would be too. The opportunity. Yeah, the opportunity to rip my clothes off in public and run away and get away with it. <laughs> Ace is in my book. So would you, uh, as a werewolf, would you pose on the statue of Baphomet um, as a werewolf? All hairy? Yeah. Oh, you know I would. You know I would. Oh my gosh, Rob, you know I would. In okay, just my, checking. And all my werewolfy glory. Yeah. Yes, you know I would. <laughs> you know I would. I'd be all over that stuff. All uh, right, so it's dinner, and Lucy's cooking dinner for Max. Um, but Mike can't stay. Um, <clears throat> and, but he does meet Max at the door. Uh, it's a it's a rather chilly reception. You get that whole like uh, like that whole male ego versus male ego. Yeah. And Max won't come in until Mike invites him because he's the man of the house. <clears throat> and Max got his flowers. He wants to apologize for Thor's behavior. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Sam <laughs> springs on Mom that the Frog Brothers will be staying for dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is just weird but anyway so they're sitting at dinner and then uh lucy makes a comment about a character's that's off camera about their bad breath but it's actually nanook's bad breath that she's commenting on right and they're all look everyone's looking at max yeah yeah so and basically the boys are just like doing everything they can to like catch max being a vampire so they've grated raw garlic and they give it to him in the guise of parmesan cheese now, and how could you make the called, mistake of, I'm sorry. How could you? I, I don't it mean to interrupt, reek, but it's like, you're looking, <laughs> garlic looks completely different from Parmesan. And it's like anybody exactly. could see that. Exactly. And in theory, if you are a vampire, you would smell it way before you got it to your mouth. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so he's choking on that. So they offer him a glass of water, which is of course, holy water. And they throw it on him. And that doesn't do anything besides get him wet. And then now they're starting to rigor, realize, figure out that they're wrong about this. And then Max gives him that whole spiel about like, he's not trying to replace his father or steal his mom. And, and then he gets Lucy alone. And he's like, you know, uh, cause she, you know, she apologizes for Sam. And he gives her that whole, you're just being a protective mother. And, the boys just really need some discipline in their lives. Yeah. Um, and then he mentions that tomorrow night's going to be dinner at his place. And then we see that, like, as he's leaving, that Gramps has been spying, you know, from the window down on all of this. Yeah. So can we talk about this for a little bit? Yeah. I wondered if you thought maybe the grandfather 
knew something, but he just wasn't spitting it out. Okay. So you went somewhere I wasn't even going to go. Oh, really? Okay. But since you, no, but since you did that, there, there was talk that he was actually going to be half vampire himself. Oh, see, I had half vampire. Yeah, I had read that, but I wasn't sure if that was actual, just like a couple of fan speculation or if that was actual canon. Yeah, that yeah, I don't know how they were going to go with that. If it was actually canon or if they just talked about it and they never went anything further with that. I wanted to talk more about like all the things this guy was saying to Lucy, what Max was saying to Lucy, because it's almost like he is. Well, okay, this we we spoiled everything. We're going to spoil more. Um, so knowing what we know, where Max is headed, Max is really grooming Lucy. This is all about grooming Lucy. Right. He's correct. He's looking for because uh, his boys need a mother. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's looking and to so he, make one big happy vampire family. Right. And so he he keeps. It's almost like he's planting these seeds in her subconscious by saying all these things to her mm-hmm. do you do you do you find that too oh yeah i noticed that almost immediately i was like okay you know he's got some ulterior motives here even before i knew that he was the head vampire i was like he's definitely trying to uh put some stuff in her mind to make her think yeah. that she needs him yeah and i also like how it's kind of tipping us off as an audience before we get there mm-hmm I thought that was cool. Okay, thank you. All right, now we can move on. So it's evening, or did you want to say anything more? I don't want to cut you off. Uh, no, I didn't have anything else on that. Okay, all right. Thank you, Rob, for humoring me. All right, so we had like a bonfire on the beach, and we have David asking, or I'm, I'm sorry, um, David asks Mike where Star's at, and then we see that I put boys in the trees because to me it made me think of the Tori Amos song. But anyway, um, we have all the like lost boys in the trees spying on a like a fireside beach party. Um, and I think they're listening. Are they listening to Aerosmith, I believe? Yes, they're listening to Walk This Way. <laughs> Walk This Way. Exactly. And it's not even the Aerosmith run DMC. It's just Aerosmith. No, it's, it's just um, the Aerosmith one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they um, invite Mike to watch. And then David says the initiation is over. It's time to join the club. And basically they are devouring the party goers, party goers, party goers. RT goers at the bonfire. Yeah, that was I, hard for me, Rob. I called that the beach blanket buffet scene right there. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Um, and then this is where the vampires really start to show their true colors. And they actually, to me, really look the most like vampires during this vicious attack. Oh, hell yeah. Um, now, um, yeah. I just want to, so are you, are you a fan of the TV series Buffy or d- did you used to watch it? So <laughs> I've only seen a handful and it's not because I don't like it. It was just, I, there were certain TV shows I really got into and certain ones. I just, not that I didn't like them. I just never followed through with. And that's one of them. Okay. And I can't tell you why Rob, because I like the ones I saw. I just never saw it all the way through. I just wondered if you thought the same thing, like looking at the vampires from Buffy and then looking at the oh. the shape of the vampire yeah. visage from Lost Boys. It's like maybe Joss Whedon got his uh, vampire yeah. uh, makeup from like watching Lost Boys. 
yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that one. What's the one? Oh my gosh, this is gonna be a really bad game that we're gonna play. The one main bad vampire on Buffy. Uh, Spike. Uh, he's kind. Of, yes, see, Spike reminds me a lot of David. Yes, he like, he does looks, have that whole. Wise, they're very interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. No. So I totally get where you're going with that. Yes. Very much so. Yeah, so that was yeah. just something no, I, I thought I totally of. I was like, you. wow, the facial features on these vampires look very similar to the way that they did the makeup for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where they tried to make them look human, but when they uh, assumed their vampire form, it was like completely different. Now, I will also say this to you. They also kind of remind me, uh, and maybe the eye, I don't know, but they also remind me of the vampires in Vamp. I don't think I saw that. With Grace Jones? Uh, nope, I did not see that. Oh, um, I am so sorry, listeners. We are going to be stopping this podcast early and it will no longer resume. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did not know this, Rob. We must cover Vamp. I love Vamp so much. Yeah, but anyway, the, I think it's more the eyes and the way the fangs protrude, Rob. That remind me of it but yeah no i totally get what you're saying with the buffy thing yeah oh and the fangs are closer to their two front teeth than most vampire movies too yes yeah yeah no now do you like the way the vampires look yeah i do like the way the vampires look they they actually okay. look more terrifying than they do like um in yeah if you saw that jump out on a beach you'd be horrified yeah it'd be like i would stop listening yeah. to walk this way and i would run that way <laughs> yeah i would be in the middle of dude looks like a lady but yeah um, i might make a wait for love in an elevator i might be like hold on but yeah all right so <laughs> all right um so now they're like basically showing michael what he's going to become um and, you know, he's kind of given them the whole like spiel that they always give that you'll never grow old or die, but you've got to feed. Yeah. Um, I'm like, just drink from that filthy bottle. It's all good. <laughs> um, we're a star now. Um, yeah. Where's your so now, star, star now? Hasn't, exactly. Now, she's not fully changed either yet. Correct. No, her and her and Laddie are the two half. Laddie, right. They're the two human vampires, I guess you could say. So how new to this is she, do you think? Like, did she just get turned like the day before him? Right. That's what I or wonder she because been this way a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. That and um, how long has Laddie been missing too? Right. Cause she seems very right. Cause she seems very protective of him. So mm -hmm. I would think she's been there before Laddie. Right. I would think. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what to tell you on that one. See, and I love stuff like this and I'm okay that they don't answer. Cause I like thinking about it on my own. Right. And how new like that must she be? Me. Because if Michael right. was to be her first kill um, to get yeah. her uh, into being a full-blooded vampire, then it's like, you're right. Is it, a, is it a couple of days? Is it a week? Like how long before they just completely filled with bloodlust and they just start ripping heads off and everything? Right. And is, it, is she not going through all this like not withdraw or withdraw, maybe what would you call it? But is she not going through all these things too? Yeah. She doesn't, she feel hunger and like, d won't her impulses right. become stronger and stronger to like drink blood. 
or is she just eating carrot chips and drinking ice? <laughs> is she sipping from the bottle while David's not looking? Right, exactly. Yeah, and just having like a light yogurt. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm just having this cucumber water. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> so we're at Sam's room, and now he's got like a giant stuffed owl, and he's <laughs> grandpa's left on his nightstand. It scares the hell out um, of him because he wakes up. Yeah, but I don't know about you, but if I had a grandfather that gave me taxidermied animals <laughs> right and left without me asking, I'd be in heaven. That'd be amazing. Um, so he puts that in like, yeah, like you said, the closet. And now we have Mike confessing that he knows who he is now and stars outside wanting to come up. And Mike's like, no. And then all of a sudden she's like there, you get that like gust of wind sound and there's star right outside the, the window. Oh yeah. Um, He's like, you brought another blood sucker over and you invited her in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, um, it's revealed that Mike has, his, uh, taking a drink of David's blood and uh, Mike was supposed to be stars first, just like you said, but she couldn't do it. Um, but no, but she could drag him into everything. Right. Anyway, uh, but she, but she did say, no, don't, which I'm like, that's not how you stop somebody. You know what I mean? No, don't. <laughs> you break the um, bottle. Yeah. You, yeah. Or like move in front of them. I don't know, whatever. You just don't stand there with your doe eyes and your crimped hair and say, no, don't. <laughs> don't um, do it. So, so we've got Sam cover, cowering underneath his sheets. Um, but she still wants, uh, uh, star still wants Mike to help her and Laddie. And now it's a new day and we have the frog brothers arriving on their bikes. And, um, we have, uh, oh, I like this, how Gramp was like, uh, doing those, uh, postings outside with those wooden pointy fence posts. Oh yeah. Foreshadowing mm -hmm. right there. Exactly. And then all of a sudden we got the guys borrowing Gramp's car and they head off to the beach. Oh yeah. He's like, what the hell? He didn't seem exactly. too upset about it, though. No, he's probably high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't you hear him say, no, don't, when they took the car? No, I didn't hear that part. <laughs> oh, no, I was being silly. No, I know, no, I'm, just, I'm just playing <laughs> um, along. <laughs> so um, the Frog Brothers have weapons, and um, Edgar says he's going to stake Mike if uh, he vamps out on them. Um, but they, but he, but the, they've got star and laddie in the back, but they can't stake them. They're not allowed to stake them. Um, and then Alan feels a draft, uh, and Sam starts to follow him in that like little, like underground part. Yeah. It kind of looked the like they fly. were in a sewer at first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Rob. Uh, I'm okay for now. Thank you, D. Okay, I'm back, Rob. Sorry okay. about that. That's all right. All right. Um, do you want me to do a countdown to three, or are we just good? Oh, we're good. I forgot to pause it, so I'll just cut it out later. Okay. Just don't forget, because I sound like a drug addict. Um, <laughs> it's it's good content. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> um, and then this is the part where they mentioned the flies proves that they're in the right trail. Oh and yeah. We've got yeah. Um Mike carries Laddie into the lair first. And then Sam mentioned that he can smell the vampires, which I what is what what would that be? Like Axe body spray for these guys? I don't know, maybe uh Drakar or something. No, I think it would be polo, Ralph Lorenz polo. Oh, you're totally right. 
holy shit yeah i think that's what it would be they probably all smell like polo and perhaps leather like old leather yeah oh yeah leather and polo Mm -hmm. yeah there you go um and so the boy the i'm sorry the frog brothers see the lost boys hanging upside down and they realize that they've got to be vulnerable and they got to kill them all yep so alan frog stabs marco which is from bill and ted's excellent adventure um, and he, which I'm like, you didn't think this through because they're not, you know, they're not going to die quietly. Right. You know they're not going to die quietly. <laughs> so he's throwing this big hissy fit. And of course the other ones awaken. And, um, on the way out, as they go to escape, David grabs Sam's leg, <clears throat> Sam's leg. <clears throat> and the other two start pulling him away to safety. And as they do, like David's hand is inadvertently drug into the sunlight and it gets burnt yeah it catches on fire and, yeah and the other tree the other three retreat to the car um and this is when the frog brothers go like they're not going to ride with vampires and uh they're like well if you don't you're gonna have to stay here and they're like well we, we ride with them now <laughs> so they'll all pile into the car and head out and this is when they almost back off the cliff too in grandpa's car yeah and he's like um Pedal to the metal doesn't mean warp speed or burn rubber doesn't mean warp speed. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and again, that, that, that play on like almost going off the cliff, they keep going back to that. Um, so now we're back at Gramps house. Um, and they realize that there's only two and a half hours left before the sun goes down. <clears throat> so Sam heads to the video store to, uh, of course, just start blurting all this vampire garbage out to, to his mom who's not going to believe any of this what mother in their right mind would <laughs> right um and she thinks of course it's just a ploy to break up her and max because she's just seeing this as you know i'm dating someone new and you're upset about it and this is where sam blurts out to hell with max and this is where she just shuts him down and she's like we're done with this and she just tells him goodbye yeah um and they <laughs> they they bust in during that church baptism to steal the holy water. Oh, I thought that was one of the best parts. It kind of reminded me a little bit of something that you'd see in Monster Squad. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, and then um, they convince uh, Gramps to leave uh, by telling him that he had a, uh, a, a date uh, with the widow Johnson to get him out of the house. Right. And they start preparing to face the vampires. Uh, that night um and then because stars says they'll be coming for her and laddie for sure and i love the preparations man i thought they were so awesome oh yeah Mm -hmm. and then we get that sunset sunset shot at the boardwalk and then we see the little vampire the the lair with the little vampire feet holding them up (laughs) yeah it's like trim those nails Those are horrible. I actually want to have like Miss Lee press on nails. So they're like all like sparkly. <laughs> be dazzled. Oh, man. Those would be my toes. And then I gay walk away. <laughs> I'm a gay walker. W- with your pink sword. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so we get that POV shot as they head out across the water over the amusement park to Max's house. Um, and um, Lucy is very jumpy. And then we see. Gramps, uh, Gramps's place. Gramps is not there. And then uh, Nanook breaks free and heads outside. So this is the part I'm not not clear on because Sam runs out to get him and like, you know, okay, so Sam runs out to get them and Star is being more adamant for him to come in the house than she was about Mike drinking that blood. Oh, yeah. 
And not only He's that, like screaming. But I don't understand how the dog got caught in the uh, the uh, gate. Yes, like the leash. How how yes. did it get so, caught up like that? I think the vampires did that. That's why I was going to ask you about because there was a POV shot and it was windy. I think they did that because there's no other way that would have happened. The dog didn't run out there and chain himself up. Right. That that's the only way that could have happened. That in my mind. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because when I'm seeing it, it's like the leash is wrapped around the gate and it's like the dog's mm -hmm. not going to be able to do that. No, not at all. Yeah. So that, okay. So I want to talk to you about that and then how adamant she was about them getting back in the house mm -hmm. and then how lackadaisical she was about him drinking the blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was anyway. screaming, don't go out there. No. Yeah. Yeah. Unless she had like more feelings for him, they developed or something, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. So, um, the boys head back inside just in the nick of time. And then we get that fireplace. We see the fireplace and then that chandelier above it. The big old chandelier. I love that chandelier shot. Oh, um, the, the deer antler the chandelier. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the frog brothers in the bathroom, um, upstairs and the one vampire, the one that, that I didn't really know that had done anything, it's uh, Mr. McCarter. Uh, Paul is a vampire's name. Um, uh, sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. Um, he's in the bathroom with them. And. Um, uh, oh, yeah. And he looks at the he looks at the bathtub filled with garlic and he's like, garlic's not going to do anything. Yeah. And but they like holy water does. And then uh, Nanook jumps up and he kind of pushes him into the whole bathtub full of the holy water. And you get that jump scare where he kind of like pops back up and he like is all like skeletal and everything. Yeah. And he looks like from the holy water a melting man from Robocop or something. Very much so. Yeah. And then, um, like it's like blood and water just like comes shooting up from all the drains throughout the house, out of the toilet, out of like any plumbing device whatsoever in the house. It just comes flying up out of it. Yeah. And it, the, it actually breaks the toilet, which mm -hmm. I thought was yeah, great because it's like somebody's got explosive diarrhea here. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. Um, and then I, so I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but they, the, the vampires actually gain entrance through the fireplace. They, yeah. They I the wondered how the they had gotten in. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot that they came into the fireplace. Okay. So while they did that, they knocked Mike kind of unconscious and Sam was knocked to the floor too. So now Sam's in the living room and he's trying to wake up Mike. And that's when the vampire pulls him upward. Um, and he sprays him with holy water. All right. He's and got the squirt the gun vampire. with holy is, water. Yeah, this is Dwayne. This is Dwayne, um, Billy Worth. Um, and so Sam um, shoots him with an arrow and misses, but the second attempt works. And he kind of impales him on the stereo system and like all these fireworks and everything shoot everywhere. Yeah, and then he says that really cool line, death by stereo. Death by stereo. <laughs> and then we get war, more water and blood showering down all over the place. And then we have... They're heading up the stairs, but then David kind of grabs Mike and pulls him back down the staircase. Ah, yes. And in my notes, I have date, Mike versus David part one. Exactly. And then um, the three boys get caught up together. So now the Frog Brothers are with Sam 
but they're in the bedroom where Laddie was. And now Laddie's basically turning. He's freaking out and shredding things all over the place. Yeah. He comes up out of the mattress. He's right. But before the boys can react to him changing, Star steps in and she's like, she protects him. She's like, you're not going to kill him. Yeah. And he's Um, like trying to get at them. She's holding him back. And again, she reacts much more strongly than she did when Mike drank the blood. (laughs) Um, So we know she has it in her. Um, So now back downstairs, we get that aerial fight. Like, so part two, like you were saying of David versus Michael. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have David saying like, he tried to make him immortal. And Michael's like, no, you tried to make me a killer. And I'm like, you're just playing on words here, people. Um, So uh, we see those, those antlers and you know that they're there for a reason. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, we get David still trying to antagonize him, you know, tell him to join him and the blood's in your veins. And then finally David is impaled on the antlers and we all knew that was going to happen. Um, real quick. Oh God, it's gone now. Uh, the, uh, what is the hollow? No, the, uh, Christmas horror movie. Is it silent night, deadly night where Linnea Quigley is impaled on the antlers? That's what it reminded me of. Did you ever see that one? No, I don't think I did. Huh. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's Silent Night, Deadly Night, but she gets impaled on um, antler. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, now I'm going to have to watch that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's tough. <laughs> it's another one of those Linnea Quigley movies where she shows up, gets takes naked. her top off, and then gets murdered. Yeah, yeah and it's like, oh, yeah. yeah but she doesn't push lipstick into her breast this time. No, no, this time the the, uh, the antlers come out of her breast. But yeah. Ah. Um, and then so we get the, uh, I hope I don't offend you, but to me it's the hokey music that plays over the the uh, the, the scene. Oh, and the, the whole Mike's Cry Eyes. Little Sister thing once again. I guess that was David's yes. favorite song. Okay, yeah. And then Star approaches, oh, Mike's eyes glow red, Star approaches, and Mike tells all the boys to to stay away. And then nothing has changed. Right. He they, Actually, David was not the head vampire. No, not not at all. Um, now, did this shock you? Do you remember the first time seeing it? Were you like, what? I was, yeah, it did. Because I thought that David was like the leader. Um, and not only that, yeah, but I, this... I didn't... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, you go. No, you keep going. No, no, don't you dare stop. No. Oh, no, I just... Uh, I was going to wait until you were done. Because I wanted oh, no, to I ask you a say, question. I was just going to say, yeah, no, same with me. I did not, I did not, uh, I really thought it was David. I remember when he's like, oh, it's still me. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. That really no. was it. That's why I'm like, you keep going. Because I really had nothing more to add to it. But the same way, I didn't, I thought it was David. Oh, okay. No, this, uh, did it make you think like when the Frog Brothers were talking about, you know, they said no two vampires die the same way. Some go quietly, some make a mess, this and that. And it's like when you see David get impaled and then um, die like very quietly, where it's like all the other vampires, like one vampire made a huge mess. The other vampire like blew up the toilet, but then David gets killed and he just uh, basically it's a whisper, you know. So apparently he was not supposed to. It was in case there was a sequel. He was supposed to not be dead. Oh, really? Okay. The sequel was going to be called The Lost Girls. <laughs> are you I'm serious or up. are you fucking with no, me? No, I'm being serious with you. I'm raising my Boy Scout hand. Oh, okay. I slapped across the face. Yeah. Nope. Um, wow. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so what it, um, he was, so maybe he was supposed to survive that and like create his own little tribe of vampires. Yeah, I guess they just didn't, they wanted to leave it open so he might not be dead and they would be female. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But so I digress. Um, so are you okay? If we move on. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. So, I mean, I, did you say what you want to say? I don't want to cut you off. No, I didn't have anything else after that. I just wondered like what you okay, thought about right. it. Okay. So, um, nothing's changed. And then Max and Lucy arrive and then, um, Max starts to inspect Dave and then we get some sappy music and then Lucy's very irate. And then Max apologizes about David and his boys. And then this is where Star says that he's the secret that David has been protecting all these years. Yeah, we have our aha moment. Uh huh. And then Max reveals that he's after Lucy, and he wanted Sam and Michael, and um, that he knew that if he had them, that she couldn't resist, and that they'd just be one big happy family. So basically, he wanted a mom for his boys. Mm-hmm. And uh huh. And now Max has started to change and he's vampiric looking and Mike attacks him. And then the frog brothers, um, wait, Max, or, no, Mike, Mike attacks, sorry, Mike attacks. Uh, and then the frog brothers and then Sam all start to jump on him. Um, and he starts saying, you're better if you don't fight to Lucy. And then, um, that horn denotes that Gramps has arrived and he impaled, like he basically busts in through the wall and he impales Max. Uh, who gets uh, impaled on the uh, the antlers thing again? I believe, and he gets no. Yeah, he gets hit with all of those uh, uh, all of those wooden spikes. Oh, I thought Gramps' thing had antlers on the front. No, it did, the but it, like the well, wooden spikes. Yeah, you're the, right. You're right. You're right. I apologize. Yeah, and then he gets thrown into the fireplace. Yeah, and <laughs> which bursts into flames, and he goes out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> exactly, and then uh, the whole group is covered in soot. But Star's okay, and Mike's good, and then um, Laddie is good, and then Nook is cool, and there's hugs all the way around. Yeah. And Lucy just wants a moment with her dad. <laughs> Laddie and, is um, happy as hell. Like, did you see him run down the stairs? He's like, Star, yes. Star, I'm human again. Yeah. I'm a real boy. <laughs> exactly. Right. And it's like, now we have to explain what happened to your parents. Yeah, right. Where you've been all this time and how I don't get arrested for like keeping you. Right. How um, how she doesn't get caught for kidnapping or something. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Uh, and this revealed that Pop hates vampires. Uh, and then we get the people are strange in the end credits roll. Yeah. I loved how uh, Gramps now, was so nonchalant throughout the entire thing, though. Yeah. Well, it's like he knew he knew vampires were there all along. It was yeah. Like, oh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> now. Do you know anything about a different ending? No, I don't. Was okay, there a, so a separate ending? Called, it, there was a going to be. I almost kind of like this one better. So it was going to, re, there was going to be a picture. And it was going to be of their lair, except it was going to be back before the fault happened. And it was going to be much like the shining the Shining, which had Jack in the picture, Jack Nicholson. Okay. Do you, oh, have you seen The Shining? Yes, I've seen it. Okay, so like the Overlook, except it would have the, all the boys with Max at the hotel. 
So like they had been around since like the 19, like 19, what was it? 06, 1901, whatever mm-hmm. at that hotel. Yes. So they, they had been like a family for a very long time. And that was the supposed to be the ending? Yes. Like they were going to like pull back and show a picture of oh, taking at the okay, hotel at okay. that time. You with me? That yep. may have not been explained well. Okay. And then originally David wasn't going to be David. He was going to be Peter. Interesting. As, as in Peter Pan, as in the Lost Boys. Oh, because this was a tie-in with uh, the Lost Boys and, yeah, Peter Pan. Like, this was supposed to be like a, a yeah. twisted fairy tale version. In, yeah. Yeah, the boys, because in the Lost Boys and Peter Pan, they never grew up. Yep, I'm, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Well, we have officially, I believe, uh, driven a wooden stake into the Lost Boys, my friend. I think we've driven many wooden stakes into this. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so, did you enjoy the Lost Boys, Rob? Oh, you know I did. I had a ton of fun with this. Would you recommend the Lost Boys to fans of uh, sweaty solo sax players? <laughs> We're back Which to is that. basically me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would recommend it to all the marks of the world. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I would recommend it to fans <laughs> of vampire films. I would recommend it to fam. Mm-hmm. I was going to say fams. What the hell is wrong with me? Fams. <laughs> vamp, fams. Yeah. Uh, fans of 80s vampire movies. I'm, this mm-hmm. This had 80s written all over it. All over it. Yeah, it's a quintessential 80s horror film, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would recommend it to everybody. Yeah. This is just mm-hmm. a must a must see, in my opinion. And I think it's held up fairly well. I mean, you, the fashions and the music and everything is fairly 80s, but I still think it's fun. It I is. the effects are still yep. good. Oh, yeah. Because they're practical. It's not like you're getting a whole bunch of CGI stuff. Right. And you're not getting too overboard with the practical effects either. No, no, no. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I love it. I would totally recommend it to people. Um, even if you don't love soulful sex, it's yeah. still fun. <laughs> you would say just watch the saxophone player and uh, keep replaying that part. I must admit, probably the, the VHS uh, tape that I had probably did have that. You know, when you watch it too many times, it would do that. Like the scan, the tracking would be off. Oh, yeah. You, you have to blurry. adjust the tracking all the time. Yep. Yeah. My mom would be like, "Hun, what's wrong with this one scene with the soulful sax player? <laughs> That's like, I don't know, mom. Let's just keep going. <laughs> That's like in the howling when I kept rewinding that one part where there's full frontal. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know, mom. Let's just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, man. So. Now, if you plan on rejoining us next week, which I, I know. I want you to, and I'm pretty sure Rob does as well. We are going to be breaking out our Aquanet to keep our hair as high as we can. And I'm going to roll across the top of Rob's car with my witch board. And we're going to be covering that movie next. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be covering I can't, that wonderful, fun movie, Witchboard, which yeah. Uh, yeah, they I can't, can't say Ouija board because that's copyright. Right. They can't call it Ouija because, you know, there's a copyright. No, don't you dare. Don't you dare even say that O word. Nope, it's witchboard. <laughs> if you say the O word, I'm going to act like I don't even know what you're saying. Say, huh? Yeah. What? 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 What's I, that? 
I can't hear you through all this hair. <laughs> it's it, my non-existent car. You're going to be rolling around on. <laughs> Roll right over that. Yeah. While I while I gyrate to what is it? White white ferret. Which is white snake, white uh, white lion, white um, yeah, wh white something. White yeah, white something. White mongoose. White mongoose. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm so excited for that one. Um, so hopefully we won't poke too much of a hole in the ozone layer with all the hairspray we have to use. Right. We don't even um, have hair, but we're going to be using a lot of hairspray. Oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to spray it up there and hope something happens. <laughs> hope um, it grows hair on you. I'm just going to I'm just going to stick to the chair because I'll have so much aquanet all over me. You know, we um, can spray our beards. That's what we can do. That's what. Yes, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. But I'm still going to wear like a plunging neckline white dress. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, as always, we are so glad that you joined us because the more the scarier. Right. And, and if, you you, want, oh. if, if you want to locate us, you can oh, catch us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I drank the blood, Rob, and now I'm woozy. I blame the meds. <laughs> yeah, I blame the meds. Yeah. No. So yes, if you want to get in touch with us, thank you. I am always uh, lurking at Instagram on the Midnight Mass Creature Cast Instagram account. Yep. And um, if you want to hit us up, I guess a little bit older school, like maybe early 2000s, you can contact us at mmccpod at gmail.com. We would love to hear your input. We would. And as I said earlier, and I, cause I mean it from the bottom of my heart, we thank you for joining us because the more the scarier. And until next week, we hope you stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs>